doesn't want to take my phone call. Paul Anderson. You don't have a problem with this, guys, to be honest. Um, Rock's not going to like this. I mean, I'm, I'm out here talking in public about this. This is kind of like a private matter. It's just going to piss him off more. We can go from your point of view if you like. I mean, it seemed abundantly clear last week that Brock Lesnar does not consider you his friend, that you're his employee. Do you consider Brock Lesnar? You're really enjoying this, aren't you? Like I have this coming. Like no. I deserve this. Paul, I'm just trying to get to the bottom of what exactly happened between you and Brock. So am I. So do you consider Brock Lesnar a friend of yours? Yes, I do. And my children consider his children to be their friends. I don't want anybody close to my family. He certainly doesn't want anybody close to his family. This is not how I envisioned it ending. We always, since the beginning, we've always talked about riding off into the sunset together. The Universal Championship of one shoulder, the UFC title, over the other, and me standing behind him, proclaiming to the world the reigning. Most incredible, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I can't see him coming down my eyes, so I gotta make the song cry. I can't see him coming down my eyes, so I gotta make the song cry. Good dude, I know you love me like cook food, even though it gotta move like a crook move. We was together on the block since free lunch. We should have been together having four seasons brunch. We used to use umbrellas to face the bad weather. So now we travel first class to change the forecast. Never in bunches, just me and you. I loved your point of view, cause you held no punches. Still, I left you for months on end. It's been months since I checked back in. We're somewhere in a small town. Welcome to the A Show. This is Justin recording live from my kitchen table. I have on the other line with me my co host, Meals. What's going on? I'm live from a studio, yeah. uh, which is, I don't know, it's better than recording in the bathroom, right? Like, that's usually kind of. Uh, Breaking the fourth wall. That's usually where I record if I'm not in here. <laughs> you have you have done it. I've done it multiple times. You did it. I, you said you had your foot on the door so people couldn't kick in the door. <laughs> and it is, yeah, it's absolutely it's absolutely true. Um, but I am here. I'm ready to talk this week. Not an eventful week. I think this is. I feel this feels like our first like non-eventful week. Uh, I, th- I think news wise, it, it is kind of uh, kind of eventful in that there's a bunch of news. But I, I think it's that period where kind of like what happened when we were waiting for WrestleMania, where it's like, all right, the car the car is kind of solidified at this point. Now it's just kind of wrapping up loose ends and getting ready for the actual uh, car to to unfold, so to speak. Right. So you know d- we're heading towards SummerSlam. Um, what do you feel about this build so far? Does this does this feel like a big SummerSlam to you? I, th- I feel no. like like if you look at the card, and I feel like if you look at the card in a uh, in a bubble, is this a big? I'd say it's not a huge takeover. Then it ends up being like the best takeover. So I can't even say <laughs> I, no. But I feel like this is going to be a good SummerSlam. But the build to it just keep, feels kind of like a regular pay per view, and then a, mm-hmm. you know a lot of these matches we've seen already. Um, like Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins, like we literally just saw it. Um, and a lot of things are just like the way it's being built and then Brock Lesnar's been on Raw like once. And it's just a whole bunch of things. AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe is like weirdly this match that we expect to be like this five-star match, but neither man has really had like a competitive match in months. So it's kind of like, besides maybe the Rusev thing with AJ, they really haven't had any like reasons why to show us like, oh, this could be great. Like right now, as it stands, like to me, big time SummerSlam, like major show matches here. Okay. Uh, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, obviously that's, you know, your mileage may vary with that. That's a big time match. Um, Alexa Bliss, Ronda Rousey, that's a big time match. Honestly, it could main event the show if you keep it 100. Um, Carmella, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair. Like, now, if this is Becky Lynch, uh, Charlotte Flair, sure, that would be, yeah, to be a big time match. I think Carmella just, I mean, is there as a kind of like a storyline tool, 
Um, I think a lot of people are just waiting for her run to end. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, you know. AJ Joe is a. It hasn't happened yet, so that's a that's a big time match. So we got in the WWE, but then but it's also like you know what? I'm so scarred from the last couple big AJ Styles supposed to be (laughs) five star encounters, and that haven't really lived up to it. Whereas like you'll be in the you'll be in the ring with like a guy like Roman Reigns or John Cena, someone who's just been developed through the system and have this amazing match. And then he'll have these matches with guys who who he's had matches with before, and frankly, has had amazing matches before, like you know Kevin Owens and, and Shinsuke Nakamura. And he'll have these like it'll be so boggled down by everything. Yeah. The hype and all the extraneous stuff that's going into it, that it won't live up to the actual match. So I look at this AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe match and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to like lose all expectations for going in. I think honestly, that's quite, that's just really the best way to go in is with no expectations because I feel like if we do, we usually get disappointed. I don't know. Yeah, I. You never, you never bet against AJ Styles. Um, I think AJ Styles is kind of settled into his role as uh, kind of like the top guy. Yeah, the top guy, or even in his career in the WWE, he's settled into the guy that like everyone loves. He's the perennial face. Like right. he's a guy. He's a guy I don't see turning. Not even in the next two years. He's a, he's going to be a face, you know, for the foreseeable future, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think he's settled into the fact that you know he doesn't have to kill himself to do these matches anymore. And I think that once the the sooner we get, you know, we realize that, and the sooner we'll be able to kind of use takes his take his matches in kind of like a in a bubble and say, okay, this is an AJ Styles WWE match, you know. Yeah, I agree. So I mean, I'm completely you know completely fine with that. You know, I, I'm cool with it. But like, if you look at the rest of the undercard, it's like. Even as it's built, like Bludgeon Brothers, New Day, and we'll talk about that later. Braun Strowman, Kevin Owens. Before. Again, we've seen this before. Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins 4. Yes, we've seen this before. Cedric Alexander, Drew Gulag. Never seen it. But that would probably be like, a good show. I feel like we've seen it before. <laughs> oh, I mean, we haven't seen it. For, oh, you're right. I think we have seen it last year. I feel like, yeah, I feel like we've seen it before. Definitely saw Carmella. Or we, we saw Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, but I mean, we haven't seen these three in the, in the match. three. Shinsuke Nakamura, this is their third encounter, I believe. Um, Finn Balor, Baron Corbin, this is like their fourth. And uh, Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. This would be probably, I mean, obviously they face each other, but this, I I miss this one. This is obviously a big time match. Which one? Uh, Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. Oh, yeah. This is huge. This is, this is huge. But it, Again, and also it's like it's a stack card. Just hoping everything gets the amount of time that it deserves. And and when you have a when you have a card that has just so much so much big matches going on, mm-hmm. there's going to no doubt be a big match that doesn't get the attention it deserves or gets lost in the shuffle or will probably be better off you know, on a card where there's not a lot of happenings going on. On SummerSlam, there's a lot of happenings. We've got the, everything feels like a blood rivalry when you're talking about Alexa Bliss and Ronda Rousey and you're talking about um, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles and you're talking about, you know, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, all these very intense views. It kind of like hinders the expectations or at least what could go on in this Daniel Bryan versus The Miz match, which quite honestly should be one of the biggest matches of the year. Yeah, and and on any other card, it'd be quite arguably you'd wonder why it's not the main event. But when you see it on SummerSlam, it's it, it, there's a lot of things going on. And there's a lot of detractions from what it could be. But yeah. I th- I think honestly, out of everything that's been built thus far, this one has probably to me been the best. For sure, and we'll, and we'll talk more about uh, the SummerSlam build and the matches uh, to, to come uh, in the next couple of weeks. But let's get into No Holds Barred right now brother talk about it uh first up on no holds bar this week man uh this this has a lot of implications as to what's going to happen to take over alistair black is injured uh he had he suffered a groin injury a couple of weeks ago uh and he is from what i'm seeing reported he's not going to make the takeover card uh which really sucks because uh as we all know that and I think the match was going to be planned today on the NXT, <laughs> but uh, it was supposed to be a triple threat match between Aleister Black uh, facing the champion Tommaso Ciampa and uh, Johnny Gargano. Uh, it looks as though the injury was worse than they thought it was. And um, I'm hearing independently that it might be more than nine weeks that he's out. It's insane at this point. Um, 
just to see and and we've seen something like this happen before um remember a couple of years ago when we had the oh, scenarios well, we had the Hideo Tommy. Remember Hideo Tommy? Oh shit, yeah. Was supposed to do that match. Was supposed to be catapulted with Finn Balor and Tyler mm-hmm. Breeze. Supposed to be catapulted to the stratosphere and stuff like that. You look at someone like in Aleister Black, who is no doubt in the you know, in the realm of being enjoying his like post major NXT fame and getting ready to transition into possibly a main roster sort of deal. And he has this sort of injury, and you know. On a big stage, like in Brooklyn, Brooklyn is probably one of the best, you know, takeover events or at least WWE events of the year that's like guaranteed every year. So it kind of sucks, Um, especially with what they've been going for with this feud and what they've had planned through the tapings. And I always thought, uh, well, first off, how do you what do you think? You know their their next course of action is I, I'm as NXT as of us recording this right now it hasn't aired yet. I would imagine they would do something like really really quick in the editing as they usually do when something changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine they they shoot the injury so to speak or they say he got injured tonight and then make the match after the show goes off or what, how would you handle this? So um, I don't know because they fully announced the injury. Um, it's a well, they haven't announced it on WWE's socials yet. Oh, really? Then they're no. probably going to go with whatever happens in this actual match. <laughs> they're probably yeah, going to continue to go with the program on television then. He's facing uh, Johnny Gargano in NXT. And I'm sorry, spoilers, but come on. It's been like a month since they taped it. Be, and, and you'll see it. You've already saw it. So it doesn't matter <laughs> by the time this comes out. But I feel like they're going to continue with the plan because, quite honestly, I don't know what they would fill the void with on the show if they didn't. Um, and then we'll actually see what goes down when it reaches NXT Brooklyn. We've seen people with major injuries work before. We've seen Sami Zayn work through a shoulder injury and still make it to take over card. We see Tommaso Ciampa as, you know, last year working through multiple injuries. Like, wow. When you think about he had surgeries on his knees, his shoulders and his neck, it's kind of like insane to see that, how he still competed and had that sort of moment and had that type of match. But we could potentially see Aleister Black, or maybe he could be written off at the time of the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn show. I think that's a possibility as well. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd do it now. i just say that during the match with Johnny Gargano, um, spoilers, Champa injures him, and um, he suffered an injury there, and I would have it just go forward with just it being a straight title match. I mean, this, I mean, keep it 100. This is what they wanted anyway. You this know what is I'm essentially <laughs> what they've wanted, yeah. Uh, this, is, this is really what the bookers at NXT wanted anyway. Just go ahead and go with that title match in, in the feud here. Um, and I, I think if they had been the three-way, I think Black was going to get it back. Um, but if, I, if you know, all eyes are on this program going forward, I think Gargano is going to lose it, take over if, if they just do the straight one-on-one match and just have, just have Champa be the, the heel for the fall, the uh, champion for the fall. I mean, it's going to be a great match nonetheless. I think you just – it's a lot been going for the last couple months between this feud, and it's a, it'll be interesting to see how – if this ends, because essentially you, you have a program that you taped already – with it not building to a real, you know, conclusion, but you know, they could tape over a few things. They could, you know, they don't have to have the matches and things like that. But I'm, you know what? I think the best answer is that we'll probably see when we watch the show tonight. Or- yeah, I, I hope so. I hope so. But it really sucks for Alistair Black. I, I think. What, what do you think happens to him when he comes back? Do you, do you just do you call him up, or do you just um, have him kind of do the Sami Zayn thing and finish everything out before he leaves? I would probably have him finish everything out. Quite honestly, on NXT, it, it'll shake some ring rust off. It'll it, it'll get him. You know, it'll give. NXT a bit of a boost because probably by the time he comes back, a lot of people will have gone, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have moved up to the main roster. Maybe he could give someone a boost and then he's on his way out. I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, but hopefully get well soon. Damn, this is tough. Yeah. Uh, and moving on, the May Young Classic 2 taping start this week. Uh, we also got an announcement of the actual air date for the uh, for the episodes. And they're, it's kind of like depressing how far, how long we have to wait before we actually get to see these, uh, these in, in, you know, in, in real time, so to speak. Uh, the, but they announced the commentary team this this morning. They said it will be Beth Phoenix, Renee Young and Michael Cole. Before we get to, before we get to that, uh, the rest, what do you think about that commentary team? Um, <laughs> um let me see. To me, it should be a step up from Jim Ross and Lita. 
Yeah, for sure. Anything is, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Anything I is think, a step up. Um, I'll be interested to see if Renee Young has truly grown as a commentator and in this sort of second life of it because we, we saw her on NXT. Um, but I think, you know what? I think probably she was the most excited and probably be able to give act, actual real, you know, um, in-depth analysis when speaking about the women. And that's not like, yo, you know, oh, she could only speak about women, but I just think from a women's perspective, she at least gives that. And that's kind of what she contributed when she was on the NXT announce table. But I think, you know, I'm interested to see how she's going to grow. I'm interested to see how much Beth Phoenix has grown too. To me, I wasn't really a fan of her for the... Mixed match challenge? Yeah, I wasn't really a fan of her commentary. She was kind of like, it was two very big personalities in Michael Cole and Corey Graves, and she just kind of like was there. So it'll be interesting to see how they sort of follow up from here. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm cool with it. I, I think that more than anything, uh, it'll be mostly Cole and, and Beth doing the, the heavy lifting. But I I, I love Cole being there uh, this this year instead of tomorrow. I, I think that's a great addition. How do you feel like he's 20 years over 20 years into his career still doing like all the little things? It's kind of crazy, don't you think? I think it's great, and you know what? I think it's going to be great because when Cole's not in the uh, WWE Raw. Uh, kind of like incubator when he's like outside memory when he did like beast in the east yeah uh, and he did like the i think he did the european thing too no he didn't do the european but when he does like stuff that's outside of the regular he always does a great job and he right. always does research and i think he, he he'll do a great job because you know he's not gonna have somebody somebody in his ear the whole time but i think michael cole is sneaky a underrated uh commentator keep it on it i think he's grown a lot um from his days on smackdown with taz uh but I think, you know, I think he's really grown into his own in sort of this new era and in, in just in the last few years. I think it's been really, really good. So, you know what, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm good with the announced team as far as it, you know, it, it's, it's premiering. Yeah, I, it's we have to wait a month, uh, a little bit under a month, rather, to to do, you know, to uh, to see these matches. And I'm. Not a huge fan of that because, you know, spoilers will have been out for a while. I'm pretty, it's kind of like the same thing CWC went through. Like they were taping those, they taped those in bulk, correct? And then they aired well, them yeah. after. Even it's the same thing that happened sort of last year with the May Young Classic where they essentially taped the entire tournament. Um, they essentially taped the entire tournament and the only thing that was live was really the finals. And they sort of introduced it in this sort of binge format, which was kind of nice, but also it, it to me, well, this year it's different. It's not bulk this year. It's weekly because it has to culminate uh, with evolution on the 28th. Ah, so okay. it's going to air. It's going to air every Wednesday after NXT on after, uh, on September 5th. Which but they I'm, likely have taped it like a million miles, a million years before that, though. Yeah, a month before. It's kind of like, I mean, it's the same way we watch it in, uh, NXT, but it's like the tournament format makes it different than NXT because it's like the storylines... Not to say NXT's storylines don't mean much, but the storylines have implications that are main roster intensive. Right. Eight weeks from now, when they tape, when they tape, whenever they do tape, eight weeks from now, when we are actually watching the show, we'll still know who won. Yeah. It'll be old in a sense. And, you know, we'll just have to see, but we've got, you know, I'm interested in sort of the May Young Classic. Let's see how it goes from here. I'm super interested in it. Uh, I'm still, a lot of people are like, back and forth on who is going to win. I, th- I think it's interesting to hear how many people uh, think uh, certain people are going to win, like EO or Deanna Perrazzo or Tegan Knox or uh, someone else. Like anyone could, could win this. And, and that's what I love about the tournament so far, that it's, it's a toss up. I think we should do our own kind of bracketology show on this though. We I think put, we, should, we should invite a woman on too. Okay. I mean, I'm down with that. Yeah. I mean, if it, <laughs> I'm down with that. I feel like it's a, are you not down with that meals? Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> it was oh, hesitation. Oh, no, no, no. It's not that. It's just like I'm trying to figure out, like, yo, I don't even know everyone on this bracket, you know. I don't know everyone on the bracket. I'm not I'm not, I haven't followed. I haven't followed the culture as as closely. I'm I guess I will. Jesus Christ. You're killing me, bro. What I guess I will. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like everyone, you know, I, I know a few people. I don't know everybody. Um I'm happy Mia Yim is back. Um I think that's a good second year story. Um Io, who else did we have announced recently? There was someone announced recently that I was like, okay. Um, you know Madison I mean. Rain. Oh wow, well, yeah, Madison Rain was getting the bag everywhere this year. Yeah, shout out to her. <laughs> um, Madison Rain is here. Like we got, we got a couple people. I would, I, you know what? I would like one more, um, 
woman from a previous era. Just another one. And it just makes her. If Caitlyn wins, are you going to like jump out your window? Um, no. I'm not, right. I don't hate Caitlyn <laughs> if she's going to win. It's just like, I don't, I don't care to see her. I don't know. Yeah, here we go. Anyway, uh, moving <laughs> on. So, so look, we're going to get all the way negative here. Let, let's cue up the sirens. We're getting all the way negative here. You know what I'm saying? Boom, boom, have boom. You, have you seen this all in card? I've seen graphics of it, and I have not. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'll be honest. I'm not really impressed. I'm not impressed either. Uh, but I feel like there's only so much you could do in a sense still. Um, you kind well, of. I mean, you can do a lot. The only the only issue is this. This is clearly this is an ROH funded show, and it's like it's not that the card is bad, but it's like when you when you tout this shit as like the biggest of the big and the, the greatest of the great, and you give us this card. It's like, I mean, they're using they they have they have Okada on this card, and they have him against Marty Scroll, and I'm and hey, you know that's you know that's a cool match and all, but it's fucking Okada in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to give them something bigger than that. Why, why couldn't they just do Okada? I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird. It, it, obviously, because I don't know. This was booked by. This was book, who the Bucks. Was, the Bucks yeah. and Cody, <laughs> <laughs> essentially. So it's kind of like, um, I don't know. I don't know. We have Christopher no, Daniels no. versus Stephen Amell. That's the that's the least interesting part of this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean they're putting him in a, in the ring with a pro, but then it's also like Christopher Daniels is like hella old. Um, we have we have who do we the have? Briscoe Brothers versus SoCal Uncensored, which is terrible. Briscoe there's, Brothers, wow. There, there's an over the budget battle royal, which will determine who faces uh, Jay Lethal on the same show, I believe, which is like jerk off motion, whatever. Uh, Joey Janela wasting his time against Hangman Page uh, and I fucking Nick Aldis versus Cody Rhodes for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship which it's it's fucking it's Magnus bro like come on like <laughs> yeah I feel like this is a it's kind of like a I mean they don't have the biggest match here. on here oh well Kenny is on the car they're, they're, you know people think that it's going to be Kenny versus Pentagon uh, uh, Penta L0 uh-huh. I'm sorry which is awesome. Which to me, it'll be the Golden Elite, which uh, of Ibushi and the Bucks against uh, Rey Mysterio, Phoenix, and Bandito, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And if it does get booked, or eventually does get booked, Omega versus Prince of Zero, those are two standout matches. I think those, to me, what main event over that Nick Aldis Cody Rhodes match. I ch- I feel like they need more star power on this thing, like insanely more star power. Like, no, this is the star power. No, they they need more. (laughs) They need more. I feel like they do need... I feel like, you know, you have this opportunity for All In. This is this first chance. Make a... Don't make just a standard card. Just don't make this like a standard card you could find on any sort of ROH show or any, you know, just, you know, like Malium of just like two shows. Like, you got to have like a dream match. Like something that people... Like a, a match that sells the show. Yeah. Not like Cody versus Magnus. Like <laughs> we're, we're looking for like a big match or at least a big moment, like a moment or something along those lines. I mean, frankly, WWE has scooped up everyone who's willing to make moments still. <laughs> but they haven't. They haven't. They haven't. But you, you, you have Okada here. You have a few more people. Um, I'm sure a lot of people turned it down. Um, I'm sure maybe they wanted Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho also turned it down. Um, I'm actually pretty There's sure. There's a women's match in here, too. It's a four-way match. I think Tessa Blanchard is in it. Um, Tessa Blanchard is in it. Yeah. Chelsea Bla- Tessa Blanchard, Chelsea Green, Britt Baker, and Madison Rain. Yes. Britt Baker, who is Adam Cole's uh, wife, I believe. Oh, that? shout out to her. She'll, she'll likely be receiving a contract pretty soon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it 100. This is probably her final indie show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, let's just talk about it. But yeah, it's a, you know, I think, I think it, 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 the thing it's missing is a very, very large attraction. That's what I think it is, especially for the first time. But maybe they couldn't get it. And maybe it's something where they're working through it and hope to have a large attraction next year. But to me, this is what this card is missing. Yep. Uh, so hopefully they – well, I'm not, not, much, not sure what they can change. But I feel like they, they were hoping Daniel Bryan was <laughs> – Negro, please. On like, his way. He's not but, going anywhere. Uh, yeah, he's not. Uh, but in, in more deep uh, 
kind of like shady news. Uh, Kiara Hogan from uh, Impact Wrestling. The T uh, Report. Yes. She recently <laughs> spoke with uh, Fightful about uh, Ember Moon, who, who she claims uh, Ember Moon, the WWE, took her gimmick. Let's kind of read a quote from, from the interview. Uh, this is on Fightful.com as well, if you want to check that out. Um, she says, I know for a fact I'm the reason she did it. I try not to, and, she, and by she, she means Ember. Uh, I try not to look at it in a negative way. Uh, but in the end, it is negative because it's something that I did first, something that I brought to my company first. She debuted at NXT TakeOver Mania weekend. I saw her come out and my heart literally dropped. I knew what was coming after that. I got tweets, DMs saying, you're the ripoff version. You're the cheap version of Ember Moon. Because she's taken something that I worked so hard to make my own, now I'm the ripoff version. In retrospect, it's like you stole something from me and doesn't acknowledge she did. But I worked so hard to get where I'm going or where I am being the girl on fire. And now I'm the ripoff version of her. It hurts me and all the work I put into this character. I'm not going to give up. How do you feel about that? Um, I have multiple thoughts about it. Some good, some bad. Um, my my sort of good thoughts are I can understand from someone who you know believes that they work very hard on the character. And to me, I, Kier Hogan is one of the people that I have noticed on the independent scene, and I have noticed you know she's been matches with quite a few people. You know, even you know some that I know. But <laughs> I've uh. I, I I don't think you can can you really like call a gimmick on like Fire Lady? And then yeah. I I don't think Ember like can you really like trademark like fire you know dyed hair? Like I get it, but also I think Ember Moon's gimmick is a little bit different <laughs> than just like I wear like my clothes are fire and my hair is kind of fire. It was also like some vampire vampiric type. Yeah, thing. it's kind of like some it, it's not it's kind of like this like samurai vampire my eyes are you know different. It's very like to me I think she if I know Ember Moon she got her you know she was inspired by this character by some probably a video game character or something yeah. along those lines. That's yeah. how I feel it was. I don't necessarily feel it's about Kira Hogan. And it, um, to, to be honest, both their gimmicks are kind of like unclear anyway. Like if, if your gimmick is the Alicia Key song, then maybe like that wasn't really the gimmick to go with. <laughs> <laughs> like we all know Girl on Fire. Yeah, it's a you know what? I think I th- I, I don't think she stole it, but I think it's a it's in bad to me. Um, it's in tacky taste to at least speak about it in sort of that way. Um, so, but I so under- she actually continues. Can I read the rest of the quote? She continues yeah. here. Rock uh, out. This is on if the WWE took the gimmick or if Ember did. She's trying to like decide, or she's trying to say like who took it or who really gave the idea. I think the girl on fire thing WWE probably gave to Becky Lynch. Wait, we'll, we'll speak on that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I bet Ember pitched hers. She was at my tryout. I saw her sign her contract. She cried when she signed her contract. After the tryout, she texted right, me. So, she, so sorry, <laughs> sorry. Is go she, ahead, go ahead. So she just has like a beef with anybody with orange or red hair? I th- the, the Becky Lynch thing, I was like, why'd you, why'd you throw one at Becky here? It was, it, that's unclear to me. I don't know what, what that was for. Like Becky's gimmick, it literally is not girl on fire. It is, yeah. it is literally. I mean, she needs to be like, she does have like a, I'm on fire. Like she does have one of those. Like she'll when she fires up, she will definitely say like, yes, I'm like, you know, she has like a very fire. But I don't think she, she's. It's not like a, a fire gimmick. She's just a very like. Fire personality. Yeah, Irish. <laughs> yeah, like I. It's more Irish than anything. Like, <laughs> so this, this continues after the tryout. She texted me and said, "I want to help you get booked on shows." After that, I've never spoken to her, and that was almost four <laughs> years ago. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm stop laughing. I know. <laughs> Yo, I know. <laughs> that was a flex. <laughs> she was right. like, "I saw it. Yo, trust. Me, I'm gonna help you get booked on shows." Like she's trying to make it feel like she did steal her gimmick, and it was like, "But it's gonna be alright because you still gonna get booked on shows. You still, you know, I know a few people at Impact, like." <laughs> Here's the crazy part. Here's the crazy part. She says, I know she got the inspiration from me. It doesn't help that we're two black females. So I'll automatically get compared to her. When when you saw Kiara Hogan the first time, were you like, damn, that's that's Ember Moon? My first thought was it's probably not a good idea for your, your first to be Hogan. Your first <laughs> your first thought was your first thought was, damn that thing fat. That was also true. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> but <laughs> 
But my automatic meals. But my second thought was definitely like, why is she named Hogan in this sort of in this economy of <laughs> of not Hogan economy and being black? But you know what? It is what it is. It's it's very bold in wrestling to take the last name Hogan and not just for the racist thing, but just because how big Hogan is as a character. So yeah. it's kind of, it's very bold to do that though. So that was actually, that was quite honestly, one of my first thoughts. Um, none of this is right. Yeah. It's yeah. Weird. None of it fits. Something feels fishy. Uh, and, and Ember Moon went to Twitter, of course, to respond. And it, I, you know what? I would hate to discredit her. Because I'm sure she definitely does feel that way. And maybe it's my bias because, you know, but I I would hate to discredit her if that's how she genuinely feels and make her feel like she's sort of an idiot. (laughs) But to me, it's a it's a terrible hill to die on. Well, Ember Moon responded on Twitter yesterday uh, with a before (laughs) a Transformation Tuesday glow up picture. Where she she has herself in 2012 and herself in 2018 with a attire that you know very close to what she wears today. Uh, 2012 versus 2018, she says, "Seek the truth and the, let the wildfire set you free." I guess that's the that's the thing that's the words from her song. Um, it's funny how details are lost over time, but I will continue to evolve. Know my past to understand how bright my future will burn. Yeah, you know this. So is basically, very... she was like, basically, she was like that. that she, she lying, basically. This is over red hair. They know that, right? Like, this is over red, orange, fiery hair. No one has a... Yeah. This is over red, fiery hair. It's, it's silly. It's silly. It, it's, to, me, it's kind of, to me, it's kind of like a whack hill to die on. But this I is would've... like a long line of like... There's like... Even Nick Aldis has been talking about... Uh, uh, talking about like... WWE and stuff like that, saying WWE didn't want to sign him or his politics. Like for some reason, that's just the way to get your get your name out there. I, I'm not discrediting Kiara Hogan whatsoever. I just feel as though this is something that people are making a big deal, and I feel like if that was the case and that was your gimmick, you can you can make a crazier gimmick. Like she's a beautiful girl, you know what I'm saying? Like she can she can definitely make a better a different and better gimmick. My thing is like if you feel as though Ember took your gimmick, her gimmick isn't good. Yeah. Just make a better gimmick. You're an <laughs> impact. Like you could do anything you want, basically. You could really do anything you want. Like I just feel as though like she could just make that gimmick so much better than what Ember even has. Like, I don't even think it's clear that Ember's gimmick is anything, to be honest. Yeah, it's kind of just, you know, do your thing. It, like what they said in, in 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 what was that movie? Oh Gosh. boy. <laughs> what was it? Why be why did I quote it? Oh boy. Here we um, go. Mean girls. Do your thing. Do you I, are you sure it was Mean Girls? Or you sure it was just it was it was definitely Mean Girls. It was it was the, the dude from the math club, the Indian dude from the math club, was telling Lindsay Lohan, Katie, who was just like, "Yo, just do your thing. You can rock, like you know, just do your thing." All right, so we are officially uh, the Mean Girls podcast. Yeah, point. listen, the tier report is over. Let's get back to <laughs> masculine wrestling, man. Uh. All right, I think this is our last segment on, uh, and this is just a quick, a quick hit. This is this is definitely crack talk. Uh, Bully Ray on busted, <laughs> on busted, <laughs> Bully Ray on busted open uh, radio thinks that Kurt Angle has another title run in him. Um. So, how old is Kurt Angle? Forty-five. Forty is forty-nine. Well, yeah. do I think you know? We've seen him wrestle. We've seen year. him wrestle, yes. <laughs> I mean, did he say which title? <laughs> did he say uh, which he title? He said WWE yeah. title. He said WWE title. Um, listen, I have no doubt in my mind if Kurt Angle won the WWE Championship in 2018, 2019, people would go up for it. But I think that would be where it kind of ends. Um, Th- that is not in the cards. Let me just be clear. <laughs> it is not. Tr- trust me. Unless something happens, unless everyone is getting, you know, what's that disease that knocked everyone out for Survivor Series? Meningitis. Yeah, meningitis. Unless everyone is getting men, unless entitled from from Roman to Bobby, unless everyone's getting meningitis, there's no way he's winning the the, the title again. That's crack talk. Let's uh, be clear. That that is supreme crack talk. Uh, I don't think any of that's happening. Uh, Bully Ray. Get off the crack, my my friend. Get off yeah, the crack. Bully, come on, relax. All right, relax. But let's let's get into, and we just gotta have. We just let's just have this conversation here on, on air uh, about Raw. Um, 
Did you watch Raw? I watched Raw. <laughs> I, I think that in the history of me watching this longest running television show uh, on, on cable, I've never been so disrespected in my life by a TV show. I think this was the, this Monday show was uh, worst show of the year. No, I don't, you know, so I Quality. don't. You know what? It probably was the worst show of the year. Um, I've, there's been very like very lows in things, and I think we could think of worse situations, especially when you think to like 2014 or something like that. Remember when they were trying to like make us believe that Big Show was like part of the Yes movement and like all this yeah. sort of stuff, yeah. like where they insulted us in that sort of fashion. I think this show. Um, to me, it says a lot when we're heading towards one of the biggest shows of the year and they still can't get a show that's remotely engaging, exciting, urgent, or anything else of the, you know, under the sun. It's kind of like they're still, they're still kind of just like wheels in the mud kind of spinning until, okay, it's SummerSlam, then we can really, or the week before, and then we can get things really off to the races. I really think it's a very strong hint. It's a the three hour format, and we everyone has talked about this to death for like the last like eight years. Is a major hindrance on the show. Um, I just let's just be a hundred percent about this show, uh, or just tell you. I'm just going to tell you where I just kind of just almost lost my mind. I just started. For, I just started fast forwarding after like the first thirty five minutes, forty minutes of this show. Um, so the, the show starts with a. Uh, Roman Reigns promo, okay. Well, it Not starts with Kurt Angle in the ring, and you know, well, as I mean, every I mean, Raw starts. But it ended with the, with Roman Reigns in the ring. Oh yeah. So we, oh Roman Reigns and Constable Corbin, <clears throat> who, sure. But listen, we got Roman Reigns versus Constable Corbin on the show, <clears throat> and that was disrespectful. I'll say. That was like a light, like slap. Like I was stepping on my my Jordans. That was that was stepping on off white, off white uh, Jordan ones. Okay, let's let's just say that. Okay, let's say that. <clears throat> let's go with that. Sure. Right after this twenty minute match, twenty minutes meals. Did you watch all that match? I did not. I'll be honest with you. I decided to take a. I needed to rest my eyes, <laughs> and I said, well, "What a better time than a Baron Corbin match." <laughs> yeah. So. 15 minutes of Baron Corbin having him in a uh, headlock. And I didn't even actually see how the match ended. I'll uh, be honest with you. <laughs> it ended with, with Finn Balor for some strange reason because he lost clean last week. I Interrupting the match. It, it didn't make any sense. I, I literally, I thought you know Finn Balor defend. wasn't on the show. That's how bad. <laughs> well, you know I'll defend a lot of bullshit. Yes, of course. The fact that he lost clean and still showed up and did that was just, I had no clue. What the, what? Huh? It should be over. It should be over. But of course they've only had, hasn't Finn won? They've had these matches. I think they've only had five matches. So clearly we need more matches is what WWE's logic is with raw moving forward. So anyway, um, anyway, so right after that match ends, Roman Reigns wins, of course. These motherfuckers turned around. I want to throw up. They gave us Bobby Roode. That was very convincing. I legitimately thought you were going to throw up. Bobby Roode Roode and Mojo Raleigh for, I think, 9 to 15 minutes. I want to say it felt like 20 hours. It had a commercial break. Let's be clear. That was the most disrespectful thing Raw has ever done to me. A first hour they clearly did not give a damn about. They slapped the shit out my mom. I feel like so here here's the thing with that first hour. I feel like and it's just with the three hour format. It's like you have so many things planned and then you also have to like fill up the rest of the show. And you have this Mojo Raleigh versus Bobby Roode like locker room beef going on that you need well, he to He got play. scooped. He got scooped. By like a forty-year-old. Wow! He got scooped. <laughs> I, I actually this match. I still don't know how it ended. Let me see. It looks like Bobby won. Bobby won. Um, so Bobby won. Be no more. The streak of Mojo Raleigh beating up on you know younger guys. Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze beating up Tyler Breeze. Beating that's, that streak. That's another issue I had. Why couldn't we get 
Seth Rollins and Tyler Breeze versus Dolph Ziggler and, <laughs> and Drew McIntyre. Like because you had to further the storyline of Seth being helpless, and you, I guess they're setting up for either Jason Jordan or uh, Dean Ambrose to come back. Here's how I booked this. I'm a little meals booking corner for a mm-hmm. second. Here's okay. how I booked this. All right. Roman can't do the can't do it. Seth can't find anyone else. The only person who's still willing there is Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze comes out there. He's not really a major factor into the match until the end. He shows his great fire. Maybe he hits like a supermodel kick, and he gets he, he gets you know either Drew McIntyre or Dolph Ziggler. Do down. people do people even remember that that's his finisher? No, no. Okay, go ahead. Um, he gets him down. He tries to pin him. One of the other guys pulls the referee out the ring. Disqualification. Then they get to the boots to stomping to him. And then next week, we have Dolph Ziggler versus Tyler Breeze on Raw, and then they beat the shit out of him, and then Seth Rollins comes down for the save, and boom, we're on the races to SummerSlam. Now, was that so hard, WWE? Was no, this woman had to be in part of that in, other, in nine other segments tonight. It's, it, it's insane. We had Roman in the intro. We had Roman show up wanting to be tag team partners. We had a Roman sit down interview. We had a <laughs> like <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, it's kind of crazy. To, to me, the very few highlights of this raw was I, I'm sure a lot of people will say the Paul Heyman promo for the just sheer emotional reaction he that was he was batshit crazy. I thought that shit was un- unnerving and unsettling. I thought it was a little much. Um also just because i don't know we don't need we don't need him to sell this match anymore yeah to be honest with you i don't know where this is going so it kind of really has no implications unless it's saying like yo brock lesnar is stirring mad stir crazy and it's just fed up brock lesnar's fed up but we knew brock lesnar was fed up after last week it kind of to me this kind of like more advanced paul than anything and then it's kind of like well where do we go with paul from here or the relationship between paul and lesnar does that factor into what happens at SummerSlam? we'll never know because quite honestly when the hell is brock lesnar showing up before SummerSlam? um the second high moment to me probably was the main event between ronda rousey and alicia fox well that main event was a lot of spectacle and like not a lot of good match and it's like I, I it was there. To I, me. I like the spectacle. I like it. I like the fake. You know, Alicia Fox has been in the WWE for ten years and have defeated multiple champions, such as I love that part. Just but no one bought her. Suddenly making Alicia yet. Fox a threat uh, because Alicia Fox doesn't. The thing with the Alicia Fox character is Alicia Fox is one hundred percent crazy, but a, as a character, I'll say that. Um, but Alicia Fox has never been built up as any even semblance of a threat. She's kind of just been – she's kind of in this match the woman who has wrestled longer than Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. And that's supposed to be the thing that's sort of going for her in this match. Whereas if they had spent, you know, a couple of you know, years building her up as some sort of credible competitor, if she was on a sort of had a – maybe went to SmackDown and had a Naomi kind of year. Where Naomi, uh, you could say she's now a two-time former women's champion. She's won the 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 women's battle royal at WrestleMania. She's got some stock to her. You build a match and you have those sort of, you know, acclaim to her. Whereas you have Alicia Fox who won the Divas Championship, got to be almost 10 years ago <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Against Ronda also Rousey. Notice they won't, also, also notice they won't tell you what championship she won. Ooh, that's very true. She they won the championship. They just say she was a former champion. She's a former champion who has faced the likes of Nikki Bella and all these other people. You know, and then she goes against the new hotness, um, Ronda Rousey. And to me, it was very much so all spectacle. I was still into it because... I love a good spectacle match. I, I, it gave me a good feeling to it. It gave me like, but it was still a pretty, it was a, it was a highly publicized squash. That's kind of what it was. Um, but I liked it. I liked it. I liked that it ended the show. Uh, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't big on it, man. I'm not gonna, not gonna lie. <clears throat> I wasn't too big on it. I think mm-hmm. that, I think Ronda's had a, we even put her on the list. Yeah. In top 10. Uh, but that that wasn't it to me. That wasn't it. I mean, it's Alicia Fox. <laughs> it's Alicia Fox. But then who knows? <laughs> she also has to face Alexa Bliss in a couple weeks. Uh, did you think that match will be phenomenal? Um, 
they got to do a lot for they got to do a lot for me to to make me believe it because I don't think that Alexa is like the strongest in ring either. No, uh, but I feel like just make her a credible champion. Jesus Christ, give her a win. <clears throat> oh, I listen, man. I I'm not high on this match. I, I gotta say, everyone's expecting Ronda Rousey to win. I'm not completely sure that she's going to win this match. That's just all I have to say about that. I'm not completely 100% sure she's going to win. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. We shall see. Well, anything Anything else? But Ruby Riot returned. Ruby Riot returned. Ruby Riot returned. That was, that was a moment. So now what, like are we, what are we getting? What are we getting? We're getting the... We're getting another, you know, Absolution versus wasn't is it? Are they Absolution? No, they're the Right Squad. No, Whoops. they're the Right Squad. <laughs> Whoops! Um, they're getting another Right Squad Boston Hug Connection match, likely at the SummerSlam pre-show. I I had always why why not why not just why not just pull the trigger? This on... is what we've been saying like for eight months. <laughs> this is what we've been it. saying for eight months. I don't get it. I don't. I really don't. I really don't. They don't even seem like they actually like each other at this point. It seems it, it seems all forced and all fake. Like it, well, they have it, a T-shirt now, so we have to believe it. They have a T-shirt now, so we have. To I mean, it. they have matching tights too. To me, matching tights is way over than the T-shirt thing. It's matching tights means you took the time to together and camaraderie and and matching linens and picking a color and all this other stuff like this. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? Raw is depressing me right now. I don't want to. Yeah, talk let's about let's it. move on from. <laughs> do we do we, do we continue to bottom line? Do we continue to cover this on on the on the road to WrestleMania or do you know? Well, we got one. What are you going to do? Show left. We got one more show left. Okay, so. what about after? What about after? Because I'm I I'm I'm reaching my limit. Reaching my limit, guys. I don't know. Let's let's hear what the people have to say, our listeners who have to listen to this. <laughs> right. Let's see what they think. Uh, they're not watching Raw either. You look at the ratings; they're not. They're watching SmackDown. They're not watching Raw. The SmackDown. I, I'm, I watch What's SmackDown. Up? Let's get to SmackDown. Uh, Raw is very SmackDown. Depressing. Really great show uh, uh, this week on SmackDown. You had you had the uh, beautiful 25 minute main event between uh, between the New Day and the Bar, who tore the house down. 100%. Absolutely tore the house down. Uh, how did you how do you feel about the match as a whole and and them getting so much time? You know, to me, them having so much time kills whatever's going to happen on Sunday or for SummerSlam because I know they're probably not going to get as much time for that. But I love that they pretty much had the claw for this match. Like, I they had to pull out all the stops to be able to get this encounter. This one chance they have there. There's only one opportunity to become the tag team champions. And even though the bludgeon brothers are in your way, it's still an opportunity that they kind of crave. And I love that they went back and forth during this match. I love just the length of it and everything like that. I love the match. I, th- I thought, it was, I thought it was great. I thought it was a great main event. It started before like the, to me, the nine thirty hour. Yeah. About nine twenty four. Yeah, which is insane for them to let a match go on that long and just close the show, and especially for it to be a tag team match. Um, I, love I love the it. finish. The finish was very uh, different than what we've seen before. You had Big E in the uh, Crippler crossface, uh, and he lifts up Cesaro, and they do the Midnight Hour. And oh man, that was I thought that was I thought it was a really good finish, man. They built it up, and the people loved it. And yeah, the, that was a moment. Big E in the in those submissions for a very long time. I love it. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I love it. I love it. I look forward to them facing the Bludgeon Brothers. Um, Do you think they win? I think I think they win. I think you. I think you just pull the trigger on them having the five uh, being five time champions, and then that that opens up to me more opportunities because then you could allow that you could allow Usos to possibly go heel again. Well, there's only like five tag teams on the show now. <laughs> it's it's a way better tag. It's a way better tag division than Raw. I, oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm way more, more excited. I think literally everyone has been tag team champions on SmackDown, which is a stark difference from Raw because like literally the two teams that showed up four months ago have been tag team champions and <laughs> and none of the established acts have been together for like a year or so. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. Um, but they, yeah, they have an amazing tag team division on, on, on SmackDown and this just shows it. Um, look forward to see what happens. 
SmackDown also had Zelina Vega undefeated on SmackDown since she has debuted two and zero against Lana, and I thought that they had a pretty pretty solid match for you know who was involved. I think Lana's very much improved since last year when we were literally like dreading watching her in ring and she would like look like she was hurting herself or hurting other people and now she looks like very very competent she pulled off some pretty cool stuff in this match she really wants it that's what it kind of seems like it seems like she really wants it she doesn't just want to be some sort of you know eye candy or a girl in a suit that's just a talker she knows she can talk to talk now she wants to walk the walk it's very admirable in my opinion that how much she actually wants and how much she's putting forth in these matches um you know, I, she still has a way to me, she still has a way to go, but she's getting there. Definitely. I definitely feel as though I, I enjoy or maybe it's because they're shorter than Carmella matches, but I'm definitely enjoying them more than Carmella matches at this point. Well, listen, I think people are more engaged in this match. You have Zelina Vega and Lana who are both sort of established characters previously like NPCs. Um and now they're in this match, so you have characters to go off of. Carmella is just kind of like someone who's trying to convince you they're champion. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, I would buy, to be honest, we had Lana versus Carmella and, and Lana won. I wouldn't be mad. I don't know. Yikes. Here, turn that up. <laughs> turn uh, that up. Uh, to be fair, I think Carmella did a great job on SmackDown as well on commentary. Are you, are you enjoying this Rusev Day breakup angle? Am I enjoying it? Um, I think it's fine. I think they're, they're getting week to week. I don't know where it's building up towards, if it's heading towards SummerSlam or not. Um, it, I feel like if they were doing that, there would have been a, a definitive turn already. But maybe that's happening at SummerSlam. Maybe. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think that, I think you do do the mixed, the, the mixed, uh, the mixed tag. Yeah. I also think that. Andrade and, and Zelina should win that as well. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I think that's where the turn happens. What would you feel if if uh, an English joint uh, Zelina and Andrade? Right, nah, I'm good. I'm good on that. I'm good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, you're talking about. You're the one talking about. Uh, you you want uh, you you want uh, Rusev versus fucking Aiden English. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I mean, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been surprised if it happened like not on SummerSlam, but like, you know, a pre-show or something like that. To be honest, I I want it more than I want Finn Balor versus Constable Corbin. I don't think you leave. uh, I don't think that you leave Andrade off this card though. I think everyone's probably on SmackDown is going to get on this card, so to speak. It's already, we're already 10 matches deep. So uh, they better get on quick. Yeah, uh, I but I, I did I did enjoy that. I, I'm I'm still enjoying uh, the the role of Andrade and Zelina on this, and I and I like that they're using Zelina to get herself over, but also get Andrade over as well. I I really like what they're doing with them right now so far, especially after like we were kind of concerned about where he would go a couple months ago. <laughs> right. Um, how do you feel about AJ Styles on SmackDown? His promo, his retort, his uh, defiant you know comeback against Samoa Joe. And his- uh, this war of words between seemingly two characters who entire career has been more established in the ring. I thought AJ did a really good job. I'm not going to lie. I thought that he was very believable. Um, I, I thought that, it, you know, the part where he like kind of stopped and <clears throat> he was, he got kind of emotional. I thought that was very believable. I, I, I think that it's tra- challenging AJ. I think every program he's in, it challenges him. And right. I, I I like that this one is instead of doing the physicality, physicality, like I felt like the Nakamura thing was all physicality. They they reversed it and maybe they introduce it with uh and obviously there were there were kind of actually I, I thought Nakamura gives I think Nakamura gives a good promo. I think they could do the same thing with him. But I think yeah. the, it's flipping it uh, kind of makes it a, a cooler, cooler way to, to do the uh the the usual oh my god, I don't like you type promo, you know? I'm interested in when they actually get their hands on each other, but it, it it's going well this far. To me, they're pacing this as this is going to last longer than SummerSlam. That's kind of what I get from there. There's no sense of urgency. There's no sense of like, you know, true hate or real spirit of competition. It it seems like they're really taking their time with this AJ Styles and Samoa Joe thing. So I I, I don't think it'll end at SummerSlam. No, no, I don't think it ends the summer. So I think it ends the hell in a cell, if if anything, uh, and w- which is fine. 
Yeah, I, think I you, agree. You got, you got to have a uh, you have to have a a match that ends that you know that have, the AJ can have, and we're nearing his the the year of his reign. Where we are in the the era of a long ass title reigns, brother. It's a Triple H era. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not that bad yet. Oh my god. Oh my god. The reign. The reign of terror is not. And, and I mean, AJ doesn't really have a range. I can't say that I hate this run or this reign so far. I think I, I didn't, I wasn't too big on the, the beginning of it, but the rest of it's been pretty good. It's been really good. Yeah, it, it, it's been really good. It's a, he's a strong champion. He's a strong face for the brand. I absolutely love it. It's like, a, I, I didn't like when he was losing to fucking, you know, everyone in the beginning at the top of the year, but uh, everything since then has been pretty good. Ever since mania has been pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Um, what do you feel about the, the, it looks it looks as though this is gonna stick. This is gonna stay as a triple threat between Charlotte, Becky, and Carmella. I, I don't think like Oscar did a dark a dark match. Yeah, uh, on she SmackDown. was tag teaming it up with Naomi um, in a dark match. So it looks like we're getting a triple threat match. You know what? I'm fine with it. Um, again, I think this is run off purely of the motive. I think Carmella is the third wheel in this feud, and it's the more intriguing aspect is the Charlotte and Becky Lynch sort of you know thing that they're playing off of and i'm sure they want us to believe that carmella is also manipulating this which is not true Um, (laughs) but to me if there's anything you know for smackdown i I say the fatal four-way match would have been way more intriguing but this triple threat match not bad you have you know two very solid in-ring players in the ring you have carmella you know who can do her thing as well who brings that sort of her sort of you know point in this is that she's a very strong polarizing character that does that everyone wants to see defeated i think i think they made a good decision with this match I, all she has to do is cheat in the match honestly yeah that's all she has to do and that, i'm pretty sure one of them is gonna get knocked out anyway she'll probably be the one and we'll probably be getting like a a, a carmelo charlotte match or not a, Car- a becky charlotte match for the most part anyway so yeah i i i, I would hope so uh so Oh, Ms. actually, Daniel Bryan. Miz versus Daniel Bryan. Yes, I, I already know you have feelings about this. I think once again, excellent work from the Miz. Uh, excellent work from Daniel Bryan as well. How you know on a level from one to ten, how, how excited are you for this? And do you agree with the WWE making us wait this long for it? Yes, and yes, and yes, and yes, and yes, and yes, and yes. Um, I love. I've been waiting for this forever. Seriously, forever. It saddened me that we couldn't get it when Daniel Bryan was not clear to compete in the ring, but it just that he's com- he's clear to compete now and we're able to get this and sort of move forward. I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. Um, again, this feels like another feud, which is not going to conclude at SummerSlam. No, um, I don't see Bryan winning this match at all. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like it's going to conclude at SummerSlam. I don't think it has enough of a gravitas and just everything around it. To me, I would... This to me is like a situation that they'll have on NXT where I would have a triple threat match and I would shift the championship to Miz and give this program the championship. Uh, well, it, they can't do it before 2K comes out, so I don't think that'll happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Put the Miz on 2K next time. Think, think forward. Um, oh, Lord. <laughs> I love the segment, though. I love that, you know, Daniel Bryan caught Miz on the set of Miz and Mrs., which... It's a shitty set. Um, <laughs> it's literally just like, here I am on the set of Miss and Misses. I mean, your house? Like, isn't everywhere the set of Miss and Misses? Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I like the, I like that constantly the Miz is getting a one-up on Daniel Bryan when clearly it should be the other way around. And that's what everyone thinks it should be. Everyone believes that Daniel Bryan should be the one sort of getting in, you know, getting it in on on the Miz and it's, it, it's the opposite so I, that's kind of like what I like about this feud I love the uh hitting him in the back of the head with a flower with a, with a vase uh, that was just hilarious I I this it's a level of physicality and I think you know do you end this in the Hell in a Cell I think you, you make that one of the Hell in a Cell matches that I think like between Raw and Smackdown you have two each I will make Daniel Bryan and uh Miz God one. I hope you don't get four Hell in a Cell matches <laughs> I really hope. What is it? What, wasn't it just one last year, or was it two? I think it was one. I think it was, it was, it was Shane and uh, Shane and Shane and K. No, we had two. We had New Day versus the Usos. Oh, that match was fire. 
Let's go. Let's watch that back. Um, yeah, let, 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 we, should, we should do that. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I'm excited for that match. But before before we get off SmackDown, how do you feel about Nakamura beating up uh, a man that was wearing fucking jean capris? <laughs> um, listen, our truth is just I don't want to say a crazy uncle because I don't want him related to me. Um, but he's he's a he's just a character, man. He's just a character. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I love the the actual intro into the match. I, I really liked uh, keeping Nakamura busy because I, I guess they don't want to put Randy Orton, who had another great promo. They don't want to make him uh, active uh, against Nakamura yet. To me, if there's anything Raw has over SmackDown, it's the mid card scene. Um, but then it, it, Raw's mid card scene kind of like drops off like very quickly and very fast. Um, but you get to see these matches like Shinsuke Nakamura versus R-Truth, something that we've never seen before. And they gave it actual backstory in time. Like, they, yeah. how, how is it that we have a two-hour show and this thing actually gets, like, enough, like, it's enough for you to care about it. And you care enough about R-Truth to care about this match. And Nakamura and, is such a great heel. And that, that's, yeah, that's the stark difference between Mojo Rawley and Bobby Roode and this match. Yeah. It shouldn't mean anything, but you got a you got a story into it that was built on the same day, and you you got a pretty. I thought it was a pretty solid match. I didn't I didn't hate it at all, honestly. I, I thought that our uh, truth got his shit in, and Nakamura squashed him with ease. And I thought that was the way that it should be. And I, th- I th- and this is shit that I thought that Nakamura should have been doing as a face, but even with you know being a heel, they they make him look like a like really good. He looks like a killer, right. and I really like what they've done with Nakamura since he turned heel. Um, to me, the best thing he's done since he has he's he's uh, come to the WWE. Yeah, I agree. I he agree. Looks, he looks great with that belt too. Uh, so this has been the week, man. I, I I know you don't watch the G1. You haven't been watching the G1, but uh, the G1, uh, the final matches of the of the block are happening this weekend. So uh, next week, I, I believe I should be doing something about uh, the G1, just kind of reviewing it next week and everything. Uh, that has happened before the finals of next week. That's going to be a big weekend next weekend, Mills. We have the G1 finals and we have SummerSlam. Holy shit. And TakeOver. And, and TakeOver. And, and also we're presenting, you know, we have a special bonus episode with the match that you guys picked. <laughs> Absolutely. SummerSlam 2000, Triple H, Kurt Angle, The Rock. I have not watched this match. I'm thinking of not watching it until we tape whatever we're going to tape. So I think I might just do that. I'm willing to be surprised and fall in love with the 2000 WWE all over again. I'm willing to fall in love with the Attitude Era that everyone hates apparently now. Is everyone, Jerry the King? Is Jerry the King on this episode? Um, you know he did. I think either him or Jr. definitely do. No, they do it to Taz. So there's a match with Taz in it, and I think it's supposed to be King versus Taz, and Jr. smashes Taz over the back of the head with like this sugar bottle yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's just like, I think they're both on it, though. But, you know, it's SummerSlam 2000. If you haven't yet revisited it, it takes some time. We're going to review it. It's going to be great. Like, you know, enjoy. Please enjoy. Oh, I hope I, I'm, I watch the whole show. I'm going to watch the whole show. But until next week, uh, I, I guess this has been the week in wrestling for, for Meals and Justin. Do you have anything else to talk about? Oof, um, nah. Stay black, stay black and uh, stay the fuck away from watching Raw. We will see you next week on the A show. We are we are barreling down the the uh, the path to SummerSlam. I don't think it's as smooth of a ride as, as WrestleMania was, but we're getting there. So until listen, next week, go wait, ahead. Wait, let's tell them what they should listen to. What else they should listen oh, to? Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. There's so much shit on RNC this week. Yeah, let's, uh, let's tell them what else they should listen to in, instead of watching Monday Night Raw. So we'll we should, do that for you. So there, <laughs> you will. So instead of watching Monday Night Raw, you should definitely be listening to RNC Radio Podcast has returned this week <clears throat> with myself and Josh Pease. We are talking about the 30th anniversary of Straight Out of Compton, uh, as well as our reviews of Astro World. Uh, and we'll, we're also talking about the way that merch and uh, sales are interacting uh, today and, and how they've kind of intersected and they're helping people like travis scott gain huge entries on the, on the uh, billboard charts this week alone uh and we're, we're going to talk about just the, the math and the science behind that uh we also have the lookout which has returned 
I look out for season three. We're talking about the Boo Saga. We kicked off with the first episode this week featuring our guy, Johnny Barnes. Shout out to Johnny. My uh, favorite guy. My favorite person on Twitter, man. Listen, just a, a great guy. We are featuring that, you know, featuring him. We got more episodes coming as the weeks go by. Um, we also have two belts this week. Or the rather last week, where we, you know, we did have Justin on the show this week. We had yeah. Justin to talk about how he got attacked by stands over the last couple two, you know, last weeks or so. Um, I'm constantly also, attacked. I'm constantly attacked. We also talked about the slew of albums that's released in the upcoming albums that we have this Nicki Minaj album coming up and everything seems to be going wrong all at once. Um <laughs> We have a, just a slew of releases that's been dropped over the last number of weeks, including Astroworld, including Stay Dangerous, including Mac, you know, Miller Swimming, including her, including everybody. So we're just like, you know. That's a stacked show. And uh, of course, you have the A show for this week. And on Friday, you have The Perfect Play, which has returned. Uh, he hasn't told me who's on, this, who's, who's on this week, so we'll have to just see. But we also have on Friday... The newest, latest episode of Late Fees, uh, where we'll be talking about Will Smith. That is going to, it's possibly our funniest episode yet. The summer blockbuster, Will Smith? Yes, this is, this is <laughs> continuing our summer blockbuster uh, theme on Late Fees. Uh, we, we did Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. We, we've done Ben, ben Affleck. Now we're on uh, Will Smith. And this is, you know, trust me, you will not want to miss this one. We get very real about Bad Boys, Bad Boys 2, the movies in between. We talk about Wild Wild West. And we talk about, of course, the Netflix uh, original Bright, which to me is still one of the worst movies of the past five years. <laughs> Absolutely. So make sure you check out Late Fees on Friday, Perfect Play on Friday, A Show, of course, you're listening to this already. Uh, two Belts will be on Sunday. RNC Radio, uh, the, the flagship podcast will be obviously available to you and and that is obviously back as well i'm gonna knock on wood in case josh p says <laughs> in a week when we have to record no it's not coming out like some expensive wood my guy hey it's 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 <laughs> it feels like for micah i'm not sure uh, but, <laughs> but until next week i'm justin for meals and thank you for uh listening to the a show we'll see you next week happy rusev day